Welcome to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast. And you're very welcome back to the Hawkeye Psychic Podcast with your host Mark Kennedy. Starting the year, hopefully everyone had a great Christmas and New Year's Eve. I'm joined this week by Danny O'Brien and Simon Stokes and we're talking about NFL and the playoffs. Guys, how are things? Good Mark. Great stuff. I suppose in this opening episode, guys, maybe we get your reflections on the regular season, what's impressed you, who hasn't, and maybe your MVP, and then we'll kind of go straight into the wildcard weekend. Uh, we have six uh, fixtures on tap. So I suppose, Danny, from your perspective, Pittsburgh Steelers fan, you know, it was tender hooks there for the last few weeks of the season, but the Steelers in the big dance, I suppose, get your thoughts of the regular season so far? It's been a weird season. I think that's the best way to describe it. Um, like some of the results you're seeing in some of that, like wasn't it up to week 15, 30 of the 32 teams were still in contention. Like if they're looking at parity, they definitely got a good job in terms of that. But yeah, like aside from, you can nearly say aside from the Ravens and the, the Niners for most of the year, it's been a year where like anybody can beat anybody else. It's been really weird from that point of view too. I mean, up till three weeks ago after the Colts game, just from a Steelers perspective, I was just looking at it going, well, our season's over. And even the conversation around was Tomlin going to be leaving. And then they go on right, real off three wins. And yeah, the, the let's just say the Titans Jaguars game yesterday was a hoot to watch from my perspective. <laughs> One of the funniest moments of the season was you could actually see some terrible tells being, being um, in the, in the crowd in Tennessee, there were Steelers fans at that game too. So yeah, just for the Steelers to have made the playoffs, it's kind of hilarious as well because for most of the year they have been absolutely awful to watch. And yeah, it just it kind of encapsulates what's been a very weird regular season. Um, yeah, I think like again, Niners, Ravens, they're the two standout sides in both in both conferences. And I know as even you mentioned about say teams who really underperformed in terms of spend on talent and in terms of investment as well, just in good players. You're go- it's going to be hard to look past the Chargers in terms of how bad they've been. Oh my God, like it's it's them or like them in the AFC, the Giants in the NFC. Broncos give them a push too. Like those three teams would have come into it with some sort of hopes and they ended up kind of tanking. And like you mentioned about an MVP, I mean, you can't really look past Lamar Jackson in terms of the way his season has developed. Like I'm sure the Falcons are looking at it now, wasn't it? The, somebody put up a... Wasn't there an article it went? Um, Falcons decide not to try and sign Lamar Jackson. And you see how their season went. So it's, yeah, it's been a really weird year from that point of view. Like even with the MVP race, there's been no, it hasn't been a year like Mahomes has been a mile ahead of everybody or Brady has been a mile ahead. There's been no one, there has been no dominant player, at least from the offensive side of things. From a defensive side of things, I'm wearing a particular jersey of a particular player who I wouldn't mind getting defensive player of the year, but yeah, it's just been, it's been a weird regular season. Yeah, I'd agree with you, Danny. Uh, Simon, we got you in there. What have yeah, your thoughts been on? I, I think Danny has summed it up well enough. You know, there's been some, you know, really outstanding teams and performances like Baltimore and the Niners obviously are, they seem ahead of the pack. Um, you know, I was looking down through the, the, the list of teams that have made the playoffs today and like, it's guess you're looking at the list of teams and there's some bad teams that are after making yep. the playoffs. There's yep. teams with serious holes all over the place and they're after making the playoffs. There's teams that are literally being on a stinker for the last month and just they're getting in by the skin of their teeth um, on what they did at the start of the season. And then there's teams coming with a wet sail, like I suppose to, to a certain degree the Steelers, but definitely the Bills over the last couple of weeks who are coming in with a wet sail and, you know, 
they might necessarily be the top seed in their conference, but they're coming in and, and anything really could happen. Um, so like from a from a kind of a don't know. I think Danny's right. I think Lamar is going to get he's going to get the MVP. Um, it's a funny old it's it's a funny old competition this year. Like he's going to get MVP with a passer rating of about sixty percent. You know, like it's not it's not outstanding. You know, um, but I suppose he brings more to the mix. Like I think it's been it's been a serious success for for John Harbaugh in in Baltimore the way he's after building a team around um, Jackson and. I suppose try trying his best to try to get the best out of what he can out of Lamar without him hurting himself. Um, you know he's got him a serious amount of weapons down through the the last couple of years, and I I think like I often go back to like they do this this IQ test on the for the combine called the Wanderlook test, and Lamar like typically it's a fifty question test typically the quarterbacks get somewhere between 30 and 40. Like Ryan Fitzpatrick has the record of 48. It's pure, like, like you've 12 minutes to do 50 questions. It's real quick thinking. Like typically your quarterbacks are getting in somewhere in the mid 30s. Lamar got a 13 when he did it. And <laughs> sometimes, I sometimes I think he's his own worst enemy, you know? Um, like I, I think if you can, if you can stop Lamar's first instinct, which is to run, if you can give him maybe a first option, a second option, and try for him not to get hurt. He has all the physical tools, but sometimes I think he runs himself into trouble and, and you know, he's has had season-ending in, in injuries, um, you know, throughout his career. Um, from the point of view of teams that are disappointed this year, I think Danny's right. Like, the Giants are the team that stuck out for me. They paid Daniel Jones an awful lot of money last uh, He never last understood summer. that contract. <laughs> no. no, it was mental. It was mental. And, like... It, they were playing. They were hardballing Saquon Barkley at the same time, which I can understand. Look, he's a running back. He was he was injury prone, but like Saquon was the face of that franchise, and they gave Daniel Jones this massive contract. Like they got, did they scored all the first game of the season? They got off to an utter stink. I think they were one in five when he got injured in week six. So, like, uh, like the Giants. I I don't know where the Giants go with their franchise from here. Do they walk away from Jones next year? But I, I, I they probably have too much money tied up in him. Um, I, I like that that win yesterday was meaningless, really. Um, I I don't know where they go from here. Um, from from the NFC side, another team that I. I, I literally don't know where they go from here is Carolina. Like they're after they're after selling their franchise for a quarterback who can't see over his offensive linesman. Um like he's he's good at reading plays and so on. But I, I don't know where they're going to go, you know, going forward. Like they have no first round pick again next year. Um literally uh, I can't see how they're going to build a team from where they are. They give away they give away more to Chicago as part of that trade, who's their best wide receiver and Replaced him with Adam Thielen, who's look, he's a good wide receiver, but you know he was he wasn't going to be taking taking that place. Uh, from an AFC point of view, I think Danny's right. San Diego were definitely the most disappointing team, and God only knows who's going to get the hot being the hot seat there next year. Like it is an attractive proposition for an awful lot of the of the coaches that are out there. Could Belichick end up in, in San Diego, or I shouldn't say San Diego in LA? Could Belichick end up there? Will Harbaugh decide that he wants to go back into the pro game after the the, the college football uh, final tonight? Hard one to see. Um, a team that I was very disappointed with was Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, like they started. I wasn't. Bit, <laughs> you know, I know. Like it's too, too Danny, but like they were six and two going into the bye. Mm. Like they were. Do you know? I think they were. 
I was over at one of their games over in London and like they came out of London with serious momentum. I think they were three and two coming out of London. Did they win the next three games? Six and two going into Dubai. You're saying here we're in, we're in business. They came out of Dubai first game. I think they were at home to uh, the Niners. Did they get beaten 34-3 or something like that? Like there was arguments being made before that game that Jacksonville were the best team in football before that game. And just, just the whole thing just the wheels fell off the cart after it. Um, complete and utter disaster. Uh, so they were they, they finished the season three and six. Complete disaster. And you just like I, I don't know what that franchise does now. It seems like they have their quarterback, they have a solid running back. Um, they had Calvin Ridley was lights out for the first couple of weeks of the season. Do you know they went away on the trade deadline, they got an offensive linesman from Minnesota. They were kind of setting themselves setting themselves up for a run at it. And like I know Lawrence got a bit of an injury there finishing up the season, but they were they were they were in free fall before that, you know. Mm. That's what they get for disrespecting the terrible towel. Did you see that the Steelers were even sharing it when they after that game yeah. they went three I did, and six? I saw it. I saw it. Oh. I, but I you know, I think that's part the Jacksonville D, the, there was something even I saw today, like as I said, I was over watching in the sports stadium. It was technically a Buffalo Bills home game, and there was an awful lot of Buffalo support there. And when they got their they, they, they. I think they got an interception to to finish off the game. They were letting the crowd know about it and waving them goodbye back to Buffalo and saying good luck and thanks. You know, I think that's part of their identity. And the, it's just like I, I can't believe, I can't believe how the the, the wheels fell off the the cart so easily for them for a finish up. Yeah, I completely agree with you guys. I mean, I think for Jacksonville, it was, I thought it was a complete joke job yesterday. If I'm being brutally honest, even Lawrence, you know, thrown two eighty yards, but I mean. Couldn't couldn't uh, stop the run of Derek Henry, who has decided after eight years uh, with the Titans that he's finished with them anyway. Be nice free agent for someone. But I suppose we go to Black Monday. I mean, Monday straight after regular season, the hiring and the firings, more firings now. And we have uh, Arthur Smith and also Ron Rivera um, getting their P45s from Atlanta and Washington, respectively. I suppose, guys, no real surprises there on those two departures. I suppose no, then you kick off. Yeah, neither. Uh, like Rivera, let's face it, the trades that the the trades that Washington made just before the the deadline, they like they, they gave away their two best defensive pieces. So you're looking at it going, well, they were there was one place they weren't going, and that was the playoffs. So like it was obvious that that was the route that they were going to go down with it. I like with Smith with like the Falcons have been a running joke this year. Um, there's one or two like kind of Twitter or accounts I follow, and they really do a great a great parody of just kind of you lose to the Panthers. Yeah. That that's all you need to know, and like, and is somebody even highlighted the last three years, seven and ten, seven and ten, seven and ten, same draft pick every single year. They haven't progressed any bit, and like they have, they've drafted pretty good players. Like you look at their running back position, who they have, like they have a talent there that can do something, and they still couldn't win in what was the worst division for a long time as well like the, the they were kind of set up they could have actually won that division if they if things had gone right for them but instead they just imploded yesterday as well against the saints so no surprise with that and like it looks like with washington they're just they're they're starting from scratch again it's kind of as if they're cleaning off the slate or they're trying to at least clear it off the snyder slate as quickly as possible and just start things from scratch there again but yeah it's going to be I mean, granted, I prefer to be either of those sides than the Panthers, as you might highlighted, Simon. Like, if anything proved that just because you're good in business doesn't mean you're going to be good in football. They gave a king's ransom for that draft pick, and it's they're they're in trouble for the next couple of years. Yeah, I, 
I'd agree. Do you know the funny thing with Arthur Smith? Like he he was there for three years. I think they drafted in the their their first round pick was an offensive player the three years. As you said, Danny, they got Robinson. They got um was it Drake London they took in the first round. And the previous year they took Kyle Pitts. Like Kyle Pitts looked like he was going to be a phenomenal addition. Yep. And he came in. And the man's career is destroyed if he doesn't get out of Benetta. Do you know, like his career, whatever's going on over there, his career is destroyed. Um the only thing I will say about Atlanta, Atlanta are probably, no, you could say this about a lot of teams, they're probably a quarterback away from being very, very efficient on offense. And one or two defensive linesmen, and all of a sudden that team mightn't be the joke that they mm. are, you know? Um, like they do have the pieces. I'm saying that they have to get a head coach as well, but sure, like who's going to go in there? Like there's a lot of talk about this offensive coordinator in Houston. Um, is, what's his surname? Uh, Bobby, I've written down here somewhere. Bobby Slowick. He's from that. Do you know that's um that brilliant Washington backroom team? <laughs> do you know the RG three backroom team? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it was amazing. Like that that year they got to the playoffs and RG three blew out the knee, and you had all those guys in the backroom team that are all African and been very very good head coaches. But he was there with Kyle Shannon for a couple of years in San Francisco. He's the offensive coordinator now in in um, in Houston, and there's an awful lot of talk about him and the defensive guy in Baltimore that either run the two of them would be the next two when it comes to head coach jobs going around the place. But yeah, I yeah, and like the thing is, Washington. It's hard to say see what's going to go on in Washington. Washington, like where do you even start? Do you know, as you said, Danny, they gave away their two of the best defensive men. Um, they have a good wide receivers room. I thought at the start of the year they had a lot of faith that Sam Hole might do. I, it's hard to see. He can make the throws, but he makes desperate decisions from time to time as well. Um, it's hard to see where you go from there. Like on top of that, then like you have a fair few teams that need to fill positions. You have the two of them, send or um, the Chargers. You have the Raiders. Like, who are going to get these jobs? Do you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, Simon, I suppose. The speculation is swirling around New England Patriots organization here regarding Bill Belichick. 24 seasons. Obviously, the legacy is there for everyone to see. There's the most successful coach in Super Bowl history, but I suppose a 4 and 13 record here, Danny, uh, for Bill Belichick. Um, I did like a quote that he mentioned in his press conference. I learned a lesson from my dad growing up. You work for the team that you're working for and do the best you can for it until someone tells you different. I think, Danny, that's probably indicating something that there might be a change of the guard here in New England Foxborough. What do you think? Yeah, no, I think it's, and it's going to be, listen, it's, it's the end of the most successful era that any any franchise has had. And it'll be the final kind of curtain call. Like I read the dynasty there a couple of months ago. And granted, how much of it was kind of shown, like it was interesting to hear things from the craft crafts perspective. Now, how much of it was to do with the, the again, the Patriot way? Is it basically just, no, it's not so much the Patriot way, lads, as it's the Brady way. But again, like Belichick, look at the the success he had in that era. It's the greatest year that a team's ever or a franchise will ever have. It's not going to come close. You're not, like it's rare that you're going to have coaches who will be around for that long with a single franchise as well. So like if he is going to move on, I think like yeah, if if he doesn't move on, there will be a seat change because like Belichick as the general manager is not. Yeah, I don't. I I am. I'm still kind of even lost, uh, confused as to how he still has that role as well as head coach. Like it's, it's obvious that he, the Belichick, the coach versus Belichick, the GM, just look at draft picks and who they, the lack of picks that they've had in recent years. So like, 
you're, you're looking at it and say, best case scenario, he stays on in the organization in some role. Other case scenario will be the end of the era. And will he be going to LA? Will he, like, from the looks of it, he is going to stay on either as a coach or just he's going to stay on in the NFL. And if he is going to be a new coaching role, I mean, of the ones that are open, I think the Chargers will be the most attractive to him. Unless, of course, he goes to the Raiders and they get Brady out of retirement. <laughs> you never know. Yeah, I think, Simon, I suppose get I your think, thoughts, sir. Yeah, I think Denny's right. Like, Belichick's, you know, the last couple of years, his drafting has been diabolical, particularly yeah. on the offensive side. You know, they've taken a couple of punts. Mac Jones, it was a bit of a reach drafting him in the first round. Um, they took Sonny Michel. This is going back a few years. No, I know he's actually after winning two Super Bowls since, but he wasn't the first round running back. Um, they took, like, this is just pure anecdotal, but they took a fella called N. Keel Harry. He's... Um, a wide receiver. They took him before DK Metcalf in that draft. And like you, Harry is a fella, he didn't work out at all at all, you know? Whereas I know Metcalf was basically off of it, just, just a, a freak of human being, but like he's turned out to be an absolute monster for Seattle. Mm. Like these are all, you know, friends, franchise making decisions, you know, and they could, you know, all these are kind of decisions that could have helped him along the way. Obviously Brady was a fantastic player and kept things going. I, I'm starting to kind of have think that this whole Patriots way thing, like if Brady wasn't at uh, the helm quarterback in the Patriots in that era, would the Patriots way even be a thing? Do you know, like uh, you often see decent teams and the whole thing falls apart if you can't get W's. And like I, I wonder without Brady, would they have gotten an awful lot of the W's that they got? Do you know, um, no, look, I don't know what Belichick will do. It, it'd be hard to see him going somewhere else. Um. At the same time, what are they going to do? Leave him be inside in the back room looking after, I don't know, Josh McDaniels or whoever's going to get the gig there? You know? oh, I'd love it if he gets it. <laughs> yeah, and I'd say, yeah. I, I actually think he will. I think he will. And he'd be a, he'll be a disaster. like, um, Because he he's the, the man is, sure, even how things finished up in Auckland, sure, the man is off his head. Do you know, this whole talk, you heard that story about this this team meeting they had and... Um, was it uh, Ryan's um, spoke about how the Giants always, how they used to set up and believe in themselves when yeah. they were coming up against these yeah. Patriots teams and gave this big speech. And at the end of the speech, McDaniels goes over to him and says, don't speak about my Patriots mm. like that or something like that. Like he totally lost, he'd lost his coaching staff and he'd lost the dressing room for a finish up, you know? Um, I think he was in the VIP in Gillette Stadium yes it's funny actually I saw a friend he was actually at the the snow game yesterday and let's face it the only highlight of that game was the sound of the, the probably we got the best doink of the year from the field goal but aside from that oh god could could you imagine being at that match <laughs> yeah it was, it was a desperate one and like as a Jets as a Jets supporter I, like I I don't know where we go after this season like this, you know, the whole the the build up, the whole Aaron Rodgers acquisition, oh, the man. the hard knocks, the one Jets drive, the whole uh, the build up to this season. Jesus, four plays into the season and good looking tanks, and like the whole thing just collapsed. Now I I look, I suppose you give the, you give the head coach and maybe the general manager another year of it, but the the way that they were set up, that it was Rodgers or nothing, and we were back to another season of Zach Wilson. Sure, it was a complete and utter disaster. Um, oh, like, I felt yeah. No, I saw even like they they had a video, a live video of Jets fans. I'm trying to remember what was the outlet. I think it was the Barstool outlet, 
And like they're all Jets fans, and they were literally like within two minutes they were going no way, and they just walked off and just went no this this this, this yeah. can't no just like somebody did a joke thing where if you had if you started watching that game at eleven fifty seven on New Year's Eve, then Rogers would have been out of it by New Year's Day. Yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. I I've never seen a team as cursed as the Jets. No, <laughs> I really like the, the, the Jets the Jets come off with an amazing rookie campaign last year, the twenty two draft. They got Gardner on defense. They got fellow called Jermaine Johnson, who took a serious step up this year. But it was, it was being built last year. You know, he was in every, every so often last year. It was built that he was, his workload was going to increase this year. They had Breeze Hall, who would have been the offensive rookie of the year last year, only for getting injured. But then they had Garrett Wilson, who was the offensive rookie of the year last year. Like, it was an amazing draft class to pick from. And then just the whole thing to just collapse. And, like, you could feel... You could even feel the energy in the stadium that night watching the television seemed to get totally pulled out. But like the Jets are going to, are, they're driving down apparently with the majority of the of the coaching team going into next year. Like the one thing they'll have to do is they'll have to go away and get a proper backup. You know, they'll have to go away and if it takes draft picks to get someone to decent somewhere else, like look at Minnesota. Minnesota got a chronic start to the season, but Cousins goes down. And straight away they go away and they, they they take Dobbs from Arizona because they thought they had a squeak of a chance, you know. Yeah. Um, the Jets should have gone out and they should have. It would have cost them a few picks or a pick, but they should have gone gotten someone's backup that could have done a starting job. And just all the Jets needed this year was a game manager, and they, they probably mm. would have gotten another three or four wins and would have had enough for the playoffs. Absolutely. I suppose we could talk about the regular season all night, guys, but uh, maybe we switch to the wild card uh, weekend. Obviously, you have San Francisco 49ers and the Baltimore Ravens having the the bye week. Um, so maybe we can look at the Saturday fixtures first here, guys. I mean, we have the Cleveland Browns at the Houston Texans and the Miami Dolphins facing the Kansas City Chiefs. I suppose Taylor Swift probably be at that one an hour ahead. Um, so, guys, from these two fixtures, do you see any road trip win here? Um, I think the Dolphins may have crafted in terms of the the Bills game they had to win. Like the the one thing that's kind of been brought, the one thing that's been highlighted with the Dolphins this year is when they come up against a team with a winning record, they really really tend to struggle with it. And having to go on the road against the Chiefs, I know this is far from a vintage Chiefs side, but I just still get the feeling this is going to be a really tight one. I think, but I think it's just the home advantage. I think for the Chiefs, um, I think that should just get them over the line too. Like I don't know. Yeah, I don't, this could be the year. Yeah, this it's the form they've had this season, in particular. They've been so iffy. I think it's kind of shown wide receiver, quarterback are the two areas you really need to invest in. And the Chiefs really did drop the ball literally multiple times this season on having a good wide receiver core. And I think that's something they'll have to correct in the off season too. But yeah, I think they just should have enough to go against the Dolphins again. Like they played earlier in the year and they and they bet them there too. But yeah, I think the Dolphins, this could be a really disappointing end to their season. Browns, Texans, I mean, CJ Stroud, he's rookie of the year. I've never like you're looking at uh, has there ever been a rookie quarterback who's been so like the touchdown he threw the other night against the Colts on the road? Like you're like Colts must have been looking at that and just going, hey, it looks like Andrew Luck. Like he's so calm and collected in what he did. And it, yeah, I think if of the two, I think the Browns have the best chance. And I think the Browns just have to have it as well in terms of just, they seem to have this edge that they have found, that they've discovered. Joe, like again, fourth choice quarterback. And the, all the irony of going to, of it being the Texans with Deshaun Watson, <laughs> that it could have been, what could have been with it. But like Flacco's come in and he's done the job that Watson, 
like Watson could go down alongside Will he, yeah, he could go he could go go down as one of the worst trades that there has ever been and the guarantee that they gave as well. Like I think the Browns could have a good opportunity against the Texans from the mere point of view of this is the Texans did not expect to make the playoffs. And everything from now on for them is a bit of a bonus. And for Stroud, will the pressure come on him from that point of view? Of the two games, I think the Browns are the best chance of a road win. I can't see the Dolphins getting a win. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd agree with Danny there. I, I think the Browns will beat the Texans. Like, um, I know there'll be a coach of the year award, and like, there's an awful lot of talk around Ryan's in Houston, uh, forgetting that. But I, I think I'd be massively surprised if Kevin Stefanski doesn't get. Yeah, I think he'll get it. Yeah. Like if, if you think about it, at the start of the year, if you were to tell any of us that the Browns were going to make the playoffs without Sean Watson and losing Nick Chubb in the second week of the year, do you know? Like none of us like the Browns I didn't see as a run game. Um I, I think the Browns will be Houston. Um as Denny said there, I don't I don't think Houston probably thought they were going to make the playoffs. On top of that, when they played, no, Stroud wasn't playing when they played earlier in the season. When they played early in the season, Amari Cooper had this ridiculous game. Do you know? And like, I know now you can kind of plan for it and all that. But if your corner is going to get beaten, your corner is going to get beaten. Mm-hmm. Speed doesn't. Speed is going to beat you all the time. And you can have double coverage and everything. That's going to open holes elsewhere. Do you know? So, I think the Browns, I, like, the, I actually fancy the Browns are actually... They're actually favourites. They're two and a half point favourites there. And I'd actually fancy them to cover the spread um, away from home. Um, the, the, the second game, the Dolphins game, the, like the Chiefs, Danny, you, you uh, mentioned it there. The Chiefs wide receivers group has been a complete disaster this year. I actually think it's going to be a kind of a cyclical, um, a cyclical setup with the Chiefs. Players, good wide receivers will be coming off of contracts. And if they want the ring, they'll go to Kansas because they know they'll get to play with Mahomes. Mm-hmm. But I think I think the Chiefs have too much money tied up into two or three positions on their team. And it's going to have to be on reduced price contracts and one-year contracts and so on. Because the players, that the wide receivers they have this year, it's been an utter disaster either. Um, I think they're vulnerable at home. Now, Bradley Chubb is an awful loss for Miami. He got injured Absolutely. there um, about two weeks ago, was it? Mm-hmm. He's yeah. an awful loss for Miami. But to be honest, I, I think I, I give I actually give the Dolphins a good chance there. Um, like it, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me one bit if um, if they turn the Chiefs over. Will they do it? I don't know. But like it, it, it's it, it's a, it's like you said it, Danny. It'll be a close game. It's a 50-50 job, I'd say. Yeah, because particularly the Dolphins offensively have been pretty impressive. 401 yards per game. I mean, good wide receiving core. But then they're facing up against the Chiefs defensively, who've bailed out Mahomes and the offense repeatedly this season down the stretch. So it's going to be a fascinating battle there. Um, Texans, <laughs> anyone less than 500, they've lost to. Like, I mean, the Panthers, Falcons come to mind. And that's a bit of a worry for me. For all of the accolades that CJ Stroud deservedly is getting, it's what Houston Texans team is going to turn up on Saturday. I mean, mm-hmm. it's um, it, it's a strange one for me because Cleveland Browns, my God, like, the turnovers, like 38 turnovers a season, you know, the defensively they've bailed them out, like Garrett and the Cleveland Browns defensively have really bailed Cleveland Browns offensively out of it at certain points, so that those are two very intriguing ties, I think, uh, to be perfectly fair. Um, Sunday, can we get to Buffalo, Danny, uh, the Steelers, no TJ Watt, the knee issue, um, any hopes? Uh, no. Nope. If he's not if he's not playing, no, I'm just honest. 
they, they, they highlighted the, the games that he was missing, their records 1-11. and 11. So, no, I, I can't see it. If he is, if he is by some miracle, actually able to make it onto the field, then they have some sort of a chance. But if TJ Watt's not playing, he is that. Like, he, like offenses have to factor him in. So it's, it's not at the level of Lawrence Taylor, but they still do have to double team and they have to factor in him so much whenever they go up against him. And like I said, it was the third year he's led the league in sacks. No one's, has anybody done, no one's done that before. Um, only four players have had 19 sacks and the others, one of them is his brother. Like it, that, it just shows you from a defensive standpoint how, how crucial he is. But if he's out, I don't think that like the offense finally has woken up. But like it, like well, no matter what we do on the offense, I mean, even there, they, they will be stopped. There will be certain points where the Bills will stop them. But uh, like, yeah, if what's out, they're not going to win. Yeah. No, so, I, yeah, I, like, I mean, Rudolph as well. I mean, last few weeks is they seem to have found something in Pittsburgh. Oh, yeah. It was hilarious watching the Bengals game and just going, where's this been all year? <laughs> Denny, what do, what do the Steelers do in the offseason? Rudolph, I'd say, is coming into a contract. They're, they're hardly going to pay him, are they? Um, I thought, yeah, a lot of it was, like, there, there's talks of Russell, Russell Wilson as well, because like, with his his contract at the Broncos, like, they're moving on from him. There's talks of him being linked with the Steelers too, and you're going, really? Um, like, yeah, the quarterback situation is a bit of a mess. Because, like, again, like, they have... With, like, Pickett, they said he's a little bit disappointed in terms of the way things have gone, but, like, outside of... It's a weird situation, I'm being completely honest. I'm not too... Yeah, I don't know what way they go with it. Like, Rudolph's played good, but again, it's can he do that over an entire season or is it just that kind of string of games as well? But, I mean, if, if they, they're being linked with Wilson. They're being... Like, they're, they're, the quarterback situation is something they need do need to resolve. But, like, when I saw that, they had Rudolph that he was going to be starting the, end, the games at the end of the season. Not surprised because the thing with Pickett is that he's... Like he really hasn't, and at the same time he's been disadvantaged being in a Macanad offense. But yeah, it's a bit of a mess from that standpoint in terms of what is the future going to be a quarterback there? Because yeah, I'm honestly I'm not too sure what they're going to do about it. Mm. Um, yeah, I, 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 I'd be of the same line of thought as Danny there. I think I think the Bills will be um, or should beat the Steelers anyway. Um, like the Bills lost that game against Denver was in week ten. And they were five and five at that stage. They came along and like there's an awful lot of teams would have been happy to trade water and they were going fine and all, you know, and that hopefully something would happen. And came along, changed our offensive coordinator, got rid of Darcy, brought in their quarterbacks coach, started calling the plays for them. And all of a sudden they, they kind of settled the ship. They've lost one game since, you know, they lost they lost that overtime game to uh, to Philly before Philly started getting their injuries. And all of a sudden, there are five wins since the since the bye. Like the Bills are going to be a hard matchup for anyone that plays them. Never mind this weekend. You know, if they go any further, they're going to be a hard matchup because the way they throw the ball around. Because no, they're look. Josh Allen has it in the bag that he can throw interceptions. But like they're going to be a hard matchup for anyone in normal fancy them coming in. In fact, the Bills are number two seed before a conference game. They're uh, they're going to be at home, so they're going to be at home at least this weekend and and next weekend. Yeah, absolutely. No. Another intriguing battle. Uh, the Green Bay Backers have uh, got into the playoffs uh, playing Dallas Cowboys. I suppose, Danny, get your viewpoint on that. I mean, love has been maybe a work in progress for Green Bay Packers uh, this season. But, I mean, Prescott and the receiving core have been outstanding for Dallas. Do you give Green Bay any chance here? As see that, yeah, kind of it's... Uh, the Cowboys haven't lost at home this season, have they? No. Nope. 
and they've won on average, I think, by 21 points. Yeah, I think that's like the the way I would look at it is, yeah, Cowboys, they sh- should, should be the main word here. They should win this. Um, like with the Packers as well, like m- there must be other fan bases looking at them just going, oh, Brett Favre's retired. Oh, well, now they'll have to find, oh, wait, now Aaron Rodgers is there. Oh, now he's retired. Oh, no, wait, now that all, oh, like they just seem to constantly get generational quarterbacks on their on their on gets seem to develop them whatever it is to just get the luck with it now the cowboys should win but like if yeah if the packers somehow and it'd be hilarious if they did if the packers do beat them that's mccarthy gone because this is i think the cowboys it's one of their best it's their best opportunity to get back to a championship game i the, i think the challenge for them is when they finally get back on the road because on the road they have been they've shown frailties this year but they should they should win, but the Packers have really hit some serious form as well towards the end of the season. So, I mean, I'd die laughing if they did beat them. I really would, because <laughs> it's the Cowboys. So, like, it's 27 years now, Simon, since the last Jimmy Johnson, and all that good stuff in terms of the last Super Bowl winning. Every year that's gone on here, there's been an incredible any... playoff failure here from the Cowboys. So, I'm not sure. Yeah, they don't have any recent, you know, playoff success as such, but. Um, no, I, I can't say anything on a Cowboys win. I actually think they'll have a, I think they could have a comfortable win. Um, I watched I watched the Packers game yesterday. The, the main reason I watched it yesterday was to you know I'd have a few French Chicago Bears fans and I want to see what Justin Fields looks looked like. The man was brutal. Uh, they just the Chicago couldn't move the ball. To be honest, on what I've seen of the Packers, I think the Packers are going to be a very good team very soon. Do you know they have? Mm-hmm an incredible bunch of young wide receivers there. They seem to be, every single one of them seems to be a rookie. They have rookie tight ends. Jordan Love is only a couple of years into a contract. The problem with the Packers, I think, and if you read any of the, I suppose, the Packers supporters pages and things like that, Joe Barry, the defensive coordinator, is a complete disaster. And yeah. they need, they, like, they can't, I can't see how they're going to live with Dallas. Like, they'll, they'll, they'll probably have a few chunk plays and stuff like that throughout the game. Aaron Jones, actually, just as I mentioned, Aaron Jones is coming off that injury. He looks very, very fresh. He looked very good yesterday. But I just can't see how they're going to live with the Cowboys. My only, my, I think the Cowboys, like, obviously, um, Gilborn got injured yesterday, but it looks like he's going to be able to play. Um, they lost digs earlier on the year. So on the defensive side, they're a small bit beat up. But... One thing that kind of stands out with the Cowboys, they left Ezekiel Elliott go last year. And I don't know, have they the power back to complement their other running backs, you know? I think it's something missing. I actually, you mentioned Derek Henry earlier on. It comes to my head that he could, like, Henry has his money made. He oh might God. want to go to he might want to go to contender. Could you imagine Henry in that Dallas offense? Oh, God, I don't want to. <laughs> He'd be absolutely amazing. He'd yeah. be absolutely amazing, that offense. But, um, yeah, so, look, I, I think the Cowboys are going to win there. I, I actually think the Cowboys could surprise a few people. I, I could see the Cow- Cowboys, I, as far as I know the way it's working, are Cowboys number two seed are they? Yep. They they are. So the Cowboys are two seeds, so they don't have to go to San Fran till, till uh, an NFC championship game. Mm-hmm. The Cowboys could surprise a lot. They could... Cowboys could 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 be in an NFC championship game without them even realizing it, you know? I'd love it just for the uniforms alone. no it's um no yeah intriguing matchup there and also detroit lions the comeback city um back in the playoffs and playing the la rams at home i suppose guys what's your viewpoint on that detroit's run game has been very impressive this season uh but la rams have slowly finding their groove i mean that looks a very 50 50 call what do you think Mm. danny 
No, I mean, it's uh, like the Lions must be looking at it. They win a division. They have their best season. It's like it's the most wins they've ever had, ever. And they come up against former Lions legend in Stafford. I wouldn't be surprised if Stafford goes in, balls out, knocks out the Lions. I really wouldn't. And the Rams do have that kind of offense. Again, Puka Nakua, he's up there for Rookie of the Year as well. He's been up. I mean... It's only the only the Rams could actually be one of those sides who give away all their draft picks and still get a wide receiving gem as well. Like I really wouldn't be surprised if the Rams do win because like you're looking at the lines and like some weeks that I mean some weeks they're competing with the Cowboys on the road and then another week they're getting absolutely blitzed out of it by the Ravens. I mean, will the Lions come across kind of similar to last year with the Vikings? They win the AFC, they win the NFC North and then they just kind of scuttle out of the playoffs at the first game as well I think this is up there in terms of the Browns Texans in terms of if we're looking at road wins yeah I think there's a really big opportunity there the Rams can and because again it's like they don't have you don't have to factor in like we mentioned the Cowboys Packers if that was in Lambeau I think Packers would have a chance there but this being in the dome as well and that aspect of it's like the atmosphere I think is the one thing that will go for the Lions and the momentum and the passion but I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Stafford goes in and just balls out the lines and knocks them out. It'll be so ironic. <laughs> yeah, I um I I I've been inclined to agree with Danny there. I, I think the I just think the home advantage might suit the Lions. Um I think Dan Campbell has done a good job there. Um they had a real like their tight end had a real breakout season looks to be a star. Um obviously you have you have a very good wide receiver corner. I, I think I think the Lions will win that game. But it is going to be desperately tight. Um, just slightly giving them the nod. It's some, it's some coaching and some um, some management achievement from the Rams to be two years out of winning the Super Bowl. And as Danny said, giving away all their draft picks and still being very, very competitive. You know, um, I think the bubble will burst there shortly, though, because an awful lot of their players are shoving on, and mm. you're going to have staff from the bottom again. But I, yeah, I'm. I'm more hopeful than anything else because the Lions were the bottom of the barrel for so long, and they've been, they, you know, they've been a refreshing team this year. And I'm just hoping. No, the only thing is, if you look at the teams that the Lions have beaten, they haven't. I don't know if they've beaten anything too great. I know they beat Kansas Day one, but look, there's question marks about Kansas. I, I'm hopeful more than confident that the Lions could win that game. Yeah, my only fear for the Lions is their secondary, because they are liable to concede the big play right at the end and. You think of Stafford's arm here particularly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's all set up for, isn't it? Two-minute drill, you know, four-quarter, you know, really science the crowd. But uh, I do agree with you, Simon. Like, the Detroit Lions, their emergence this year has been probably a breath of fresh air for the league, really. I mean, so many years there, the Thanksgiving games in Detroit, and they've just been nothing fixtures. And, you know, the head coach has a bit of a swag about him, and that's kind of led into the players and the personnel there as well. But I think that's going to be a superb kind of, showcase game on Saturday night I suppose uh, looking on Monday night football I think this looks like a few weeks ago when I was looking at Tampa Bay Buccaneers thinking oh, fair enough but Philadelphia Eagles have really fallen off a cliff the last few weeks so I don't know Danny about this game I mean I would have said Philadelphia up until about probably week 12 but right now I'm not so sure about them uh, what's your thoughts yeah I think the Bucks will win and the reason I think it as well a lot of people are looking at the Eagles and going they're, so they're, they're being compared to the 2020 Steelers in terms of the Steelers had a terrific win record, but it was a very 
paper thin record in terms of they may have won those games, but how they won them was questionable. And yeah, I get the the Eagles have they fought they're like we've talked about the form of um say yeah some of the like say the Bills the Steelers they really hit form at the right time of the season the Eagles form has really fallen off at the wrong time and I get the feeling yeah I could see them getting being knocked out first week and if they do that could be there could be some major transition as well for the Eagles I mean start of the year they looked like they were going to compete but good god I mean the, the like the the Cowboys have lost one or two games recently where they were give, like here's your chance to win the division and they still couldn't win the division so yeah, I think the Eagles are in serious trouble here. They just seem their form is was it since November the only team they've beaten is the Giants. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like Simon, yeah. defensively, like defensively here, Simon. I mean, the Eagles have been all at sea here the last few weeks. I mean, geez, Max, sure. come here. What went down defensively with the Eagles was a complete disaster. They they had so Jonathan Gannon went to Arizona. He was the defensive coordinator last year, and I know Arizona had four wins this year, but I think Arizona could be a team that could be very good next year. Well, they um, were lucky this year. They were there was yeah, games this year they yeah. just lost, but they weren't blown out. No, and they didn't have Kyle, they didn't have Kyler Murray for most of the year. Do you know? They had a pretty good you know, Arizona, and they went to win. They beat the Eagles, um, the Steelers. They beat, they, beat, they beat Dallas when they were shocking earlier. Do you know when when um, when they didn't have Murray earlier on there? But the Eagles anyway lost lost Gannon, so they interviewed their defensive backs coach. Um, the defensive backs coach was Dinard Wilson. Didn't give him the job. And sacked him in the one go. So a double whammy. Worst interview ever. ever. <laughs> so he went away and he's now the defensive back coach, coach at Baltimore, who are having a top five defensive year. Um, and then they go away and they bring in this guy to side. Um, useless. And after five or six weeks, they decide to take him off the gig and put in our old friend from, uh, from the Patriots, Matt Patricia, yeah. Play calling the defensive players, who's been an utter disaster for them. Um, so like I, I the Eagles, the Eagles should have been a disaster. Like it's it's that's a hard game to call because both teams have been on a stinker for the last couple of weeks. Do you know? Um, the Eagles have lost five over the last six. Uh, I watched Tampa Bay last week. Tampa Bay lost to New Orleans last week. They just couldn't get the ball going at all. Um, they couldn't get movement at all, t- turnovers and so on. Um, beating Carolina nine nil, not very impressive, do you know. Um, so like, look, it's nearly a toss of a coin. Um, AJ Brown got hurt his knee yesterday. I don't know if the, if, if if anything has come from that, but look, if he's a bit beat up as well, I I, I think I think the Eagles could be in trouble there. And if they if they do lose that game, um, which seems it seems middle of twelve months on. But Nick Sirianni's job is seriously, seriously mm-hmm. under pressure yeah, if they lose that game. Oh, big time. Big time, though. Big time. Yeah. No, it's... Yeah, the Eagles, for me, like... I mean, you could say underperformed a little bit towards the back end of the season. But, I mean, Jalen Hurts and the offence really have to stand up now, don't they? I mean, but Tampa Bay, their defensive line has had a bit of swagger in the last few weeks as well. So... Monday Night Football might be providing a few fireworks there. Um, so maybe a few home or road wins, I think, you've kind of tipped there, guys. Uh, but yeah, no, all very interesting. I suppose uh, next week, guys, might review the Wild Card Weekend. Uh, see the winners and losers. Uh, as we record, it's only mid-afternoon <laughs> in the US, so Black Monday might have uh, 
identified a few more hirings and firings uh, at that stage. So we might review that and maybe talk a little bit about free agency as well. No, we kind of briefly talked about Derek Henry there, but I mean, there might be a few other guys maybe uh, providing more uh, decisions on their playing uh, future. I suppose, guys, many thanks and we'll chat next week. So I'm in there. Thanks. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. If you liked what you heard in this podcast, why not subscribe to the Hawkeye Psychic podcast on either Amazon, Spotify, YouTube, or Twitter platforms. You can also follow me at Hawkeye Psychic on Facebook and Twitter for the latest sporting opinions, articles, and reports.